Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 42. I'm your host, William Galloway. The Galloway Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. Today, we're in for a treat as immediate former Alabama shortstop Colby Robinson joins the podcast. The Coleman native is going to talk about his career at Alabama. And also on the podcast, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to talk about what's new. We'll talk to our guest, and then we'll finish up with Around Alabama Athletics, looking at some news in Tuscaloosa. Thank you so much for joining the podcast and listening today. I'm glad that you've chosen the Galloway podcast for your sports news and information. Really, really excited for you guys to listen to this interview with Colby. Had a great time talking with him. But before we do that, let's go ahead and jump into what's new here on the Galloway podcast. Well, the world is getting far too political, and so we're going to do what we do best here on the Galloway podcast. We're going to stay away from that, and we're going to talk about sports because that's what this is all about. Athletes are returning in June and July. College athletes will come back to their campus After this COVID-19 pandemic, it's not over, but the world must go on, and the world of sports is moving on, and college athletes are coming back, which is exciting. Greg Byrne announced that Alabama athletes, starting with football players, will return on June 8th, place placements and things are in order for those athletes to come back, stay socially distanced, get their workout in. So hopefully when September 5th rolls around, Alabama can be playing Southern Cal in Dallas. That is just a couple months away and Alabama and Southern Cal and the NCAA are doing everything they can to ensure that the college football season starts in early September. Also, what's new? Schools are cutting sports teams due to economic issues. I hope you had the chance to watch my interview with Furman quarterback Hamp Sisson. And folks, we have to have football in the fall. We have to have sports in the fall. Not for entertainment purposes, not because I want to watch football or you want to watch football, but it's to keep athletic departments and sports alive. We've got to keep these programs above water because we're already seeing we've been down for two months and programs are dropping left and right like flies. Furman drops its baseball and men's lacrosse programs. And if there's no football season where these smaller schools and a lot of their schools get all of their majority of their revenue, we're going to see even more programs and more departments go under and college athletes may and college athletics may never be the same as we know it. So I'm not saying we need football in the fall for our own entertainment purposes. We need it and college athletes need it and universities need it to stay above water. If you haven't checked out that video with Hamp Sisson, he had a lot of great things to say that's on my YouTube page, so check that out. And moving on to what else is new here in the world of sports, The Match Part 2. It was great to have live sports this past Sunday. If you had the opportunity to watch Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Peyton Manning play some golf, that was really, really good TV. I hope you got the chance to watch that. Of course, Tiger and Peyton got the win. Tom Brady got a really good shot on hole seven, but also he ripped his pants in front of America and the whole world. So that was a tough look for him. You know, Tom Brady didn't start out great, but had that goat shot on seven. He had a great shot on 11 with a putt. And uh, it was just fun to watch. It was fun to watch live sports and the Twitter community was alive and well. People were tweeting about the match. People enjoyed it. It was live sports and it was something fun to watch so i really really enjoyed that i hope you did as well and most importantly 20 million dollars was raised by patrons by 
the viewers, uh, viewers meaning patrons, there weren't any, there wasn't anybody there. But the viewers raised twenty million dollars. TNT helped raise. The players helped raise. So that was really cool to see all that money get raised for COVID relief, of course. Now, you know, there's sports. NASCAR is coming back, and and golf is slowly getting back into things. But before you know, we move on to this interview with Colby. I want to say, if we could have something like that once uh, you know every other month once every three months where we get celebrities to play golf and pick an organization or a charity to raise money for it i don't think every single one would raise 20 million dollars but it would be successful and it's a great way to fundraise money obviously all these golf tournaments with celebrities happen for charity but if they're televised like they are like with that match with brady and with tiger and all those guys it would do so well, not only for TV ratings, but for money raising. And overall, there was nothing negative about that event except for the weather. And so what I think we need in our world is more things like the match where we have celebrities raising money for golf. That was overall just a really, really good thing. And as you can tell, I really enjoyed that. But for now, here on the Galloway Podcast, we're jumping into an interview with immediate former Alabama shortstop Colby Robinson. Really, really enjoyed talking to Colby. He's got a really cool story he'll tell you guys about. But this senior season, he uh, obviously was cut short, and he played in 16 games. Uh, he started 14 of those 16 games. He batted 296. He had four doubles. He even had an inside-the-park home run he'll tell you about. So we will cut to that now. I hope you enjoy this interview with Colby. Once again, the Galloway Podcast is on Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts. Check it out. Follow Colby on Twitter at K. A underscore Robinson 20. You can follow me on Twitter at WM underscore Galloway. Joining the Galloway podcast now is immediate past shortstop for the Alabama Crimson Tide, Colby Robinson, a Coleman native. And Colby, welcome into the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, it's a great time to talk to you and uh, want to you know, pick your brain about a lot of things involving Alabama baseball, involving you as a person, uh, and the program of Alabama baseball as well. So we can go ahead and jump right into it. So you tweeted at the end of April, you were officially hanging up the cleats. And I want to ask you, in what started out as a very successful senior season for the team and for you, what led to the decision to wrap up your time at Alabama? Uh, it was definitely it was a difficult decision, but really the main issue for me would, would be financial, the financial burden that it was going to put me in if I were to go back another year, having to take out more student loans and getting in more student debt. So ultimately, I had to look at the big picture and think about what's best for my future long term, whether it be going back for one more year or saving ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 by just hanging it up. So I decided to make the big decision of just hanging it up and saving some money and hopefully helping myself down the road financially. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. You got to do what's best for you personally. Uh, obviously, you were so much fun to watch the last two seasons at Alabama, but emotionally, what was that like for you to have your season cut short? And we'll get into the, the team aspect and everything that was going on there. But uh, for you personally, what was it like having to get everything cut short? It was definitely a big roller coaster of emotions just because in the off season leading up we're working so hard in the weight room and practicing every day and just we had big expectations for this year, especially the way we started off to such a hot start and leading into SEC play. We were 
super excited about the talent and the way we were playing. So we were getting ready to just kind of prove a lot of people wrong. So the fact that that was cut short and we weren't able to do that, it was definitely an emotional time, disappointing for everybody. Colby, I want to ask you, uh, you know, in that emotion, uh, also, you're not the only person that's made this decision to hang up the cleats. I believe Walker McClinney, uh has made the same decision. Did you guys talk to each other? Uh, and if so, what did you talk about in your decision to um, move on to the next chapter of your life? Yeah, me and Walker were good buddies, and we talked a little bit about it. But, I mean, realistically, it was everyone's own decision. But I feel like he was kind of in the same boat as I am, that financially it put him in a – big hole down the road and we both feel like it was just necessary that we kind of just take a step away from the game and just pursue our next chapter in life that way we can kind of just prepare ourselves for the future and stuff so but ultimately it was a difficult decision for both of us but I think 10 years from now we'll feel like we made the right decision right Colby, I want to ask you, too, um, about your path and your story. Uh, Obviously, the title of starting shortstop at the University of Alabama carries a lot of weight to it, and it's something that you – uh, did well and you you know held that position well you played well you carried and represented the university well but for the listeners on this podcast that don't know you took a very unconventional path to get to the point of being the starting shortstop for Alabama for the past two seasons so tell me a little bit more about your journey from Coleman High School to junior college to Alabama yeah so for me I was always growing up I was undersized and I felt like through high school and even junior college for a little bit I was kind of overlooked a lot just because I wasn't the biggest guy out on the field and I wasn't really flashy but um it started out I guess in high school I played for Coleman where we went on and made three state championship appearances and then senior year rolls around and I end up getting first team all state and so in my mind I'm thinking oh first team all state I'm start getting all these big offers and stuff and it just didn't happen that way so by the time I graduated high school, the only offers I had were junior college offers. And so I decided to just go 10 minutes down the road to play for Coach Putman at Wallace State. And then from there, freshman season rolls around, and I put up good numbers there. And then sophomore year, I have a good fall, and I actually commit to southeastern Louisiana. And so the whole spring, I'm committed there, and then – by the end of the sophomore season at Wallace, I really just started thinking, like, man, southeastern Louisiana is pretty far away. Like, it would be tough for my family and everyone to come watch and, like, stay involved with that. So I talked to my parents about it, and I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to decommit. That way I can try and find a place closer to home to play. That way they can come watch, which is a tough decision just because, I mean, it was literally May. Like, I was about to graduate from Wallace, like, pretty late decision, but then – once I decommitted, then Coach Zuli reached out to me from Alabama, and he was like, hey, we uh, lost a couple infielders in the draft. We want a Juco guy to come in that can kind of contribute right away, but we don't have any money for you. So I was like, well, crap, like, it's awesome. I got an offer, but I don't have any money. So I talked to my parents about it. We kind of prayed about it, seeing if we can make it work, and ultimately I decided, you know what, like, my dream my whole life is to play in the SEC and play against the best of the best. So we decided that it was in my best interest to just go ahead and commit and then just try to work hard and earn a scholarship. And luckily, I was able to do that my senior year. So 
it was just an awesome experience for me being able to fulfill that dream I've had since I was little and earn a scholarship and play at the highest level in college baseball. So that's just a quick little rundown. So I'm just grateful for it all. Yeah, gotcha. And it was really fun to watch you. Uh, and one thing a lot of fans don't see is the journey behind. You know, they see the player and the number, you know, in the batter's box and in the infield, outfield, wherever they are doing their thing. But there's so much to you college athletes and your stories, uh, and it's so good that you have the opportunity to tell that. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, as, as you mentioned, growing up in Coleman, Colby, there are a lot of successful baseball players that come out of the Coleman area, players that have played for Alabama, players that have played around the SEC, players that have even gone on, you know, playing the minors and the MLB as well. So what makes the Coleman area so successful at baseball? And, and what's the um, the atmosphere like growing up as a, as a boy in Coleman wanting to play baseball? And, and how why is there such a great success rate Um in the Coleman area with baseball players? Oh, man, I think it just kind of goes to the community and how involved the community is as far as baseball and even other sports go. Like, a lot of schools, you kind of show up to high school games and there's maybe 20, 30 people in the crowd, but you come to a Coleman game in the playoffs against Harsel and you're going to have 2,000 people there watching a high school baseball game. So I think it's just... The fact that whenever you're young, you're going to these games on the weekends, watching high school baseball, and you're just seeing the community being involved and supporting you so much. So from a young age, you're just like, man, I want to play in front of this many people, and I want to play um, in front of a large crowd. And then, so you, that, I feel like that just kind of makes you work harder to um, be able to have that opportunity once you're in high school. And then now, like, since there's so many players you see going to such high levels to play, even now from a young age, like, man, I want to do that now. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like this guy. Go play here. Go play there. And so I just think as a whole that kind of gets that mindset in the kids when they're young that, okay, I need to work hard so I can follow in these people's footsteps. That way I can go play at a high level. So, But the atmosphere of the games is just awesome, especially for high school baseball. And I just – I'm thankful that I was able to be a part of that for four years. So, yeah, there's there's a legacy obviously that follows that Coleman baseball program around, and uh, your name is on that list. And I want to want to take things back here, Colby, to just a couple months ago this past spring. The season looked to be very promising, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the interview for you and the team. Uh, but take us back to that moment in mid March when everything, the world just kind of turns upside down. And what what was it like for the team? And how did Coach Bo and his staff tell y'all um, that everything was was going downhill and the season was going to be cut short and when you when you found that out yeah so actually i was in class believe it or not so i probably shouldn't have been on my phone but i got i saw a tweet to where they had postponed they hadn't canceled it yet but they had postponed the season about two weeks so word was kind of going around our group me and everything about crap what are we going to do for these two weeks and stuff but then once we had our meeting we just decided look, the season's not over, like, it's just postponed, so we're just going to keep practicing and scrimmaging and staying sharp, and then in two weeks, we're going to start SEC play and everything's going to be fine. So we kind of were like, all right, that's no big deal, like, we can just keep doing what we're doing, and then in two weeks, we'll be able to play against Missouri and SEC play, and then I guess it was 
maybe a day or two later, that's when we were actually in the middle of practice and Coach Bo got a phone call saying that they had canceled the postseason. And so we literally just stopped practice in the middle of it. And he kind of gathered everyone up and told us the news. And it was definitely an emotional time and a time that I'll never forget just to see the look on your teammates' faces of the devastation, knowing that we're not going to get to not going to get the chance to accomplish what we've been working hard for all season and stuff. So that moment at practice was definitely something I won't forget. And it's definitely just an emotional time for all of us. And that emotion stems from having so much success early on in this season. What can you say about this year's team and the chemistry that they had? Because the record was incredible and Alabama you guys were on par for a very successful season. So what can you say about this year's team, if you had to put it into words? Oh, man, this team, we were just – we clicked from the moment we were all together, and we all had that burning desire to be great, and we wanted to just help bring Alabama baseball back on top, and we were all very motivated, and we were all determined to prove people wrong this year and just to show people that – we were forced to be reckoned with and that we could just surprise a lot of people once SEC play rolled around. So we just had that blue-collar mentality of show up every day, work hard, take it day by day, and then we're just going to continue to prove people wrong. So that was just the mindset from starting out in the fall at 6 a.m. lifts all the way up until leading up to SEC play. So I was was definitely excited to see what this team was going to be capable of doing. Those results were definitely coming in, and, and the win column, you know, being so high going into SEC play, there was a lot of promise. I want to ask you another question about Brad Bohannon. Uh, he's made tremendous strides in leading this Crimson Tide team, but now as a former player for Alabama baseball, what do you foresee Alabama baseball's future being under Coach Bo, and what's it like to play for him? Uh, Coach Bo is a great guy, great coach, and I feel like the, the ceiling is high for the future of Alabama baseball, and Coach Bo, Coach Zuli, JJ, all those guys are great recruiters and they're very good at going out and bringing in the best of the best across the country to play for us. And I'm sure everyone knows our team is very diverse. You've got players from all over the country and Canada. So they've got a great eye for talent and they're, they do a great job of going out and bringing in the best uh, talent to put us in the best position to win and be successful on and off the field. Yeah, the the Canadian players, um, I I tweeted recently joking about how, because with men's basketball bringing in a couple Canadian players and they're already being Canadian players on Alabama baseball's roster, uh, Canada needs to set up their American embassy in Tuscaloosa because the University of Alabama is quickly becoming the pipeline for young Canadian athletes. Uh, But the future definitely is bright, and he's optimistic. He's a great recruiter. His staff is a great recruiter, and he's proved that over the years. Colby, moving on here, I want to ask you about a specific play this year. Um, So many people have probably asked you about it and talked to you about it and something you'll remember for probably the rest of your life. But the the inside-the-park home run against Harvard, tell me about that and kind of walk me through that play and your experience. Yeah, that thing was crazy, and it's still looking back. I kind of laugh at it every time I think about it. But, yeah, really I had runners in scoring position. It was a close ball game late in the games, and I had two strikes on me, so I'm like, crap, I just need to get these run in any way I can, put the ball in play, give myself a chance. And So that's what I did, hit a ground ball first, and um, sure enough, he makes a bad throw to second, and 
Something started running, and then I felt like every back, every time I got to the base, I looked up, and I see the ball sailing over the next uh, defender, so I just kept on running, and then sure enough, it ended up me getting an inside-of-the-park home run, so it was just a crazy experience, and I was definitely definitely out of breath after that, so I had to go sit down for a little bit, catch my breath, because I don't do that much running usually, but uh, <laughs> it was just it was an awesome experience seeing the crowd get so hyped up, and the team coming out of the dugout just all excited, so it's definitely something that I'll never forget, and just probably something you'll never see again for a while. Because in my whole baseball career, I've never seen anything like that. So probably be a while before that happens again. Yeah, it's it's something that happens, you know, in in t-ball and youth baseball, and you don't think twice about it. But at the college level, uh, very very unheard of. (laughs) And I think if my research is right, that hadn't been done at Alabama since 2015, uh, which obviously was another fluke play back that season. Whoever had that inside the park home run, but certainly your name will go down in uh, in the record books for that one. A, a really fun memory to look back on from this season. Colby, I've got a couple quick hitters for you to wrap up. Want to ask you know some fun questions and kind of pick your brain about uh, the team and, and Coach Bo and things like that. So we'll we'll jump into that with these quick hitters. So first, who is the fastest player on the team this year? Oof. Uh, we never got to see him race for it, but I'd say either Walker McClinney or Andrew Pickney, probably one of those two. So, and would I that think I might. would that be with sprints or would that be? Yeah, probably sprints. I'd say. So I don't know. I never. I try and stay away from racing those guys if I ever have to. If we're doing sprints, I try and get out of their group because they'll make me look slow. That's good. All right. Well, question two: Who was the best ping pong player in the clubhouse? Uh, besides myself, probably Brett Allenbeck or Prater's pretty good too. I don't know. We got a lot of guys that say they're the best. So it really just depends on who's hot that day. Well, did y'all ever have a tournament to to settle it out, or was it just a we day by day thing? We did last year, and I think I think Prater might have actually won it last year, but this year we didn't have one, so I don't know. Maybe some guys got better. Yeah, is uh, is Coach Bo talks a good game about ping pong? Is he as good as he says he is? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually uh, played against him, so I'm sure he, I'm sure he's not bad. But I don't know if he could handle us. But we'll see. <laughs> Take him to school. <laughs> All right, and then and then finally, uh, your favorite non-baseball memory at Alabama. Do you have a particular memory from uh, a football game or another athletic event that really stands out to you? Uh, I would just say probably going to the football games as a whole i can't really pick out one particular one but maybe like the lsu game or something even though it didn't turn out the way we wanted to just like the crowd and like the the new lights in the stadium and everything like that so i'd say the football games were definitely an experience that i'll never forget yeah that was really fun and a lot of people forget that you know sewell thomas has the light um the joe has the, the light show as well light show capabilities Colby, oh, yeah. really enjoyed having you on my podcast. Before we wrap up here, just want to ask you one final question um, because not a whole lot of people get the opportunity to be student athletes at the University of Alabama. So when you look back at your time, how do you recap your time at the University of Alabama and the, contribu- uh, the contributions you were able to make on and off the field, and what was that whole experience like for you? It was just a great experience altogether and something that I'll forever be grateful for just because like I said someone that's been kind of overlooked their whole career being able to get the chance to play at Alabama and be the starting shortstop there finish my degree at such a great school so I'm just super honored and grateful that Coach Bo and Coach Zuli gave me an opportunity to, to come play for them at Alabama and just the whole college experience there is something that I'll cherish forever so 
I'm just excited for what's next in life and being able to look back on what I helped accomplish at Alabama. Gotcha. Colby Robinson, former Alabama shortstop, immediate past Alabama shortstop. Thank you so much for taking the time on the podcast today, and best of luck in all your future endeavors. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Colby Robinson, immediate former Alabama shortstop. Uh, More importantly, just great guy. And one thing I really wanted to harp on in that interview is that college athletes, there's so much more to the athlete and the uniform and the locker they have. They all have a story. And for Colby to get the chance to tell his story, obviously he's done other interviews and, and articles as well, but every college athlete has a story. And I think it's important that we try and tell as many of those stories as possible because there's so much more than the stats they put up or the team they represent. As an individual, everyone has a story, and especially as college athletes deserve to have that said and have that shown. So I want to thank Colby for taking the time to come on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Colby because he had some wonderful things to say. And, uh, I I appreciate him taking the time. And so as we move on here in the podcast, we're looking around Alabama athletics going into the month of June. Obviously, as we mentioned before the interview with Colby, that athletes are going to begin returning to the University of Alabama, Greg Burns said, on June 8th. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of news around Tuscaloosa other than Alabama men's basketball scheduled a home-and-home with Houston. So they will host Houston this year, then they will travel to Houston in the 2021-2022 season. That will be exciting for Alabama men's basketball. Meanwhile, the women's basketball team will play at Oklahoma State in this year's SEC Big 12 matchup. Other than that, Alabama athletics has been very quiet, and we're just waiting on athletes to come back. We're waiting on the fall seasons, and so that's a quick look at around Alabama athletics. This is the Galloway Podcast, episode 42, where today we look at what's new in the world of sports we talked about the match we talked about alabama athletes coming back uh we talked with colby robinson about his wonderful story and appreciate him taking the time to share some insight on alabama baseball with us and of course as we always do we wrapped up with around alabama athletics looking at men's and women's basketball on the hardwood thank you so much to each and every one of you listeners i appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Galloway podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any feedback, please tweet me at WM underscore Galloway. Really appreciate uh, any feedback you guys ever have on this podcast. I want to encourage everyone, if you would like, if you like the Galloway podcast and would like some merchandise, I have hats for sale, white and gray Nike hats. We have koozies, and now we have Nike long sleeve uh, black dry fit t-shirts that are available as well. So if you want a hat, a shirt, a koozie, would love for you to support the Galloway podcast and rep the brand. Appreciate all my listeners that do rep the brand. Appreciate my listeners that just listen and really appreciate all your support. So this is the Galloway podcast, episode 42, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.